like it's it's just my arms and face, you know, because I was like wearing clothes. But uh, yeah, there's a very distinct tan line or sunburn line, I guess, on his arm. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> he's so red, but also so pale. <laughs> Thank you. Hey there, I'm Jordan and I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is take three. A movie podcast. Take one. So I just came back in from outside, and for some reason, <clears throat> my nose and face decided to throw a tantrum, and my allergies are back for some reason. So if I sound stuffy, that is why, and I apologize. Damn you, spring. I hate it. Yeah, I, you don't sound bad, though. Oh, thanks. I think it's uh, on its way out, though. I mean, at least you would think it's weird because I I didn't have any symptoms. Like I in the beginning of spring, I always have some symptoms, and I'm always taking allergy pills and stuff, and they help a little bit. But this past like two weeks, I was fine. I haven't had to take a pill, and then I go outside today, and for some reason, it just like hit me square in the face. I don't maybe know. you were like poisoned. Don't like know. maybe they've unleashed a gas in your neighborhood. Maybe this is our last take, everybody. If I gotta go, I gotta go. Yeah. I don't know a good way to segue into this, but we're doing Godzilla, uh, the 2014 Godzilla, and the sequel is coming out really soon. So we wanted to watch this and get ready for that. So I have not seen this movie. I think you will like it as much as you probably can like a monster movie. Um, <laughs> Godzilla is a character that has been around for a very, very, very long time. The character was created in 1954. That's when the first movie came out. Now, the franchise literally spans 34 movies now. The one coming out, Godzilla 2, King Jeez. of Monsters, will be the 35th Godzilla movie. There have been 32 oh Japanese ones and now three American ones. The first American one was made by Roland Emmerich, which he's the guy that did 2012 and Independence Day. He likes a disaster movie. Yeah. No, oh my God. I mean, that's his whole shtick. And it's bad. I mean, it's bad. He's made good movies. I'm not saying he's a terrible director, but it, it's a bad movie. It doesn't, it's not well done. This one, the one we're about to do that came out in 2014, uh, is directed by Gareth Edwards. And I. And that's the am, one with Brian Cranston in it, right? Yes. I. I I think the this is breaking bad guy uh, of the two that I've seen, you know, the, the Roland Emmerich one in this one, this is definitely my favorite. Uh, yeah. Brian Cranston, just if you watch the trailer for this movie, Brian Cranston like sold this shit. People were ecstatic to see him do something like this because he does that panicked voice. So freaking well, I'll watch him do anything. If I had not seen the most recent trailer for the sequel that's coming out, I probably would have scoffed at the idea of doing a Godzilla movie. But I got to tell you, and I'll probably link this in the details, this trailer looked so incredible. It looks so beautiful and like tragic and devastating. 
and just beautiful. Really, yeah. <laughs> I'm That's so, so, so excited for this movie. Incredible cast and being able to utilize the creatures that they do now. Because this movie does not feature, I don't know if you know their names, but like the big moth and the... I know that that's moth, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what's really cool about that one, though, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that, it, you know, if you watch the trailer, killer cast, guess who is directing that? Who? Uh, Michael Dougherty. And you know what Michael Dougherty directed? No. Trick or Treat and Krampus. Oh, uh, I I loved Trick or Treat. Moderately enjoyed Krampus, but that's exciting. That's a strange choice, but I'm cool with that. Krampus has issues, but I think he's always had like a wonderful eye. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like this will be the first non-holiday themed movie he does. But like to me, I feel like he perfectly... <laughs> was able to capture the feeling of both Halloween and Christmas and make it scary. I mean, both of those movies are scary Horror and movies. fun and yeah. weird as hell. So if if he can bring any of that to the table on this next one, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But that's not the movie we're doing. <laughs> the movie we're doing is Gareth Edwards' movie. Do you know what Gareth Edwards directed? I do not. Rogue One. Oh, I liked that one. Did you? Rogue One, yeah. Okay, I feel like I I remember I mean, when it came out, it was such a split was, decision yeah. with people. Like, I know so many people that hated it and so many people that loved it, and I forgot which side you were on. That's good that you like it because that visual flair, a monster movie doesn't necessarily call for thespians to deliver their best <laughs> performances. It's not a drama or whatever. What you want are beautiful shots and amazing action sequences and i think this movie delivers that and the only issue might be that there are points in time where okay they treat in this movie they treat godzilla kind of like jaws where you don't always see him even though he's a giant lizard uh, like a lot of times he's like kind of shrouded in darkness or, you know what I mean? Like it, it, hmm. it's to sort of, uh, yeah. to when they finally, when you finally do see him, it's like, holy shit, you know, and you do, you will get to see him. So are you excited? I am. I tried to not say that because I feel like we say that every single time. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I know. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> we just talked about how it's like, we, we can't say we're excited because I feel like we say that all the time, but this is a movie that I think will definitely be a litmus test on whether or not you'll enjoy the next one so we will see i sure hope so and it's a direct sequel right like oh, this yeah. one will tie in like this new one will tie into this one there directly. are characters okay. Okay. in this one that are in that one not to mention godzilla good news i'm glad yep all right cool all right uh well okay bye take two that was so fucking cool <laughs> i know right I thought you'd like it. Oh my God. If you had asked me yesterday, or if you had told me yesterday that I would enjoy this movie, I would have thought you were crazy. That was so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And just think about how good the second one looks. Like, that's, I know, I know. Oh my God. That was, okay. So I I had to take notes uh, throughout the movie, which never happens. I really should get into the habit of doing that more often, but, um, that was like the most Spielbergy, non-Spielberg movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, we had I, 
we did two take ones because the first one kind of got messed up a little bit. And I don't remember if you actually mentioned it in, in the redo, but you said something like people compared it to Jaws in that you, they don't really show the monster very often because it's kind of like dark or hidden. Well, that um, was actually one thing that people had problems with was just the fact that a lot of times, I mean, if you go back and really think about how much you see Godzilla, it's not that much. They treat him more, I mean, for different reasons, but you see less of Godzilla than some people would have wanted you to. Especially right. like the the last fight sequence, like the end fight sequence versus both of them, uh, is really like the only full on fight sequence you ever see. Right, right. They did get cut off a lot, but um, but like th- at the very beginning when they're doing that excavation site, is that the right excavation? Uh huh. Um, they it felt so Jurassic Parky, mm-hmm. like they discovered this this pile of bones and there there's a a woman in a vest <laughs> with this with this they definitely know. did ah. like and and it brought me back i'm not kidding it brought me back to one of the scariest movies that i have ever seen it's probably not scary to anyone else but this movie shakes me to my core every single time i see it war of the worlds the tom yeah. cruise war of the worlds um I know, I mean, I know that about you, and I think movies can be scary in idea and then in uh, execution, and I think that the idea of War of the Worlds is absolutely terrifying. Right, it, and yeah, and so I think what made it scary to me is it was – I watched it when I was very, very young. It was probably one of the first, if not the first, quote-unquote horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah. But what got me – what gets me every single time, and this is, this is what um, – I think separates maybe a good horror movie from a not so good horror movie. Yes, you can make people jump and be scared, but when you show me a scenario where a large mass group of people can feel absolutely helpless, yeah, that is dread. the most terrifying thing to me. That happened in War of the Worlds. It happened in World War Z. Um, it's, it's things like that, that just, they get to, oh, they just, and it, it happened in this movie. It's just, these people have no idea what's going on. They see this huge, like monster just emerge from nowhere. Um, and even the sounds, like the sounds of these, they reminded me of the tripods, the, um, yeah. like the sounds that they make, like that, the tripod sound from War of the Worlds just is, is so terrifying. And the sound design in this movie was just incredible. And, oh my God. I will absolutely be watching this movie again. Um, I have a 48-hour rental, so I have to watch it before <laughs> tomorrow night. But, uh, but like, there are some things I wasn't really clear on. There's some things I'm a little confused about. But, like, I want to – that is such an incredible movie. I'm so, so surprised. I'm, I'm really glad that you like it. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I think that there are definitely parts of it that – you know, like the human storyline isn't uh, at, isn't the most original or memorable or compelling thing. But like what you go to see a m- right. movie like this for, like I may or may not have said in whichever take one we, we wind up using, uh, is, <laughs> you know, visuals and that terror and that <laughs> dread that you feel and action scenes. Right, right. I think there's a difference between – a good movie and an entertaining movie. Uh, I bring up the example of uh, Jordan Peele's movies. I think that 
Get Out was a better movie, but if you put both Get Out and the movie Us in front of me, I will automatically reach for Us because I think Us was a more entertaining movie. This movie wasn't perfect. I think a lot of the human aspects were not fleshed out very well. The son, Ford, I hated. I thought he was just kind of boring in one note the whole time. I wish... Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, I wish that um, Sally Hawkins' character kind of had more than just this like sheepish assistant that kind of just follows that one guy around everywhere. It was kind of not fun to see her kind of used like that. Um, But like... I would watch this movie a million times because yeah. it was just so cool. Like it was so entertaining. Yeah. And for the record though, you do like us. You do think us is a good movie. Us was missing some things. Us was missing some things. I think overall get out was the better movie, but us was much more entertaining. You're so right though. I want to watch us like right now. Like when is us coming out? I don't know. I've, right. It's, yeah. It's gotta be coming out on streaming at some point soon. I don't own Get Out, but I will buy Us just because it's it's a more fun movie to watch. Um, but yeah, this oh my god, I'm just I'm so blown away at how much I love that. I'm glad. I kind of want to get into the history of the character a little bit. I'm thinking, and and I just I know that like there are iterations of this character that are men in a are like men in suits, and and like they're it almost like a like. Like what you something you would see in like Times Square now, um, like Power Ranger costumes. Well, yeah, but like, like, but Godzilla, like, or, I mean, I mean, like a like a, a Power Ranger villain or something, like yes, monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so I, I don't know. I'm just excited to go into the history of that. I mean, it, I was pretty much sold on God, the new one, Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, already, mm-hmm. but this was. Definitely something that like got me re-excited for it. So it's re-excited. I don't know if re-excited is a word, but it renewed my excitement. This has just ignited every spark inside me. I am so, so ready to A, look more into the, to A, watch this movie again, B, research <laughs> this movie and C, see this next movie. I, oh God, I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, I will say what I did this time is. Uh, I took notes on my favorite quote. I have a favorite quote. Look at you. Do you have a favorite quote? Uh, yeah, kind of. I'm. I think it might be the same one. There weren't very many like <laughs> outstanding quotes. There were a couple of really not good ones, and they were all kind of <laughs> one character's fault. <laughs> There's that one guy who's uh. I don't even know his name. You know who I'm talking about. So the guy uh, that Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, he he meets up with him. He's like also a soldier. And everything this guy says until he <laughs> dies is like a stupid, like corny joke or a yeah. pun or something. He's the guy that says, I guess we're monster hunters now. And like pats a guy on the back and walks away. He's um, like, shoot him with the pointy end. Or he's yeah. like, like, stupid. What? So you know, no, I... I, what I just said was stick him with the pointy end, which is yeah. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't remember what he said, but it I was, wanted was, the guy to die and he died. So that's yeah, good. Yeah. He had three really bad one liners and he had three lines in the whole thing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> three strikes, you're out. We're done with you. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite line was when, can you tell me the actor's name? He's the Sally Hawkins partner guy. I'm sorry. Ken Watanabe. He was he was just in that Pikachu movie you were so excited about. Was it? That movie it sucked. I love cute. Pokemon. I hated that movie. I was it was so let down. It was entertaining. 
He's been you in know, a lot of really good movies, so I really like him a lot. One more time, say it one more time. Ken? Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. He says the arrogance of, he said something like this. I don't know if it's word for word. I had to like type it down from memory when I heard it. He said the arrogance of man is thinking we control nature and not the other way around. And it is immediately followed by let them fight. And that was just, yeah, that was just a great moment. It, oh, so that good. is a great moment. Yeah. That is an iconic line from this movie for sure. Is it? Yeah, that's good. That's good. The let them fight part is just like <laughs> people. I like. I see that in YouTube videos all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I guess mine is the before his untimely death uh, with Brian Cranston's like my wife died here. Something killed my wife, and I have a right to know. I deserve answers. See, there it is again. That's not a transformer malfunction. It's an electromagnetic pulse, and it affects everything for miles and miles and it's happening again this is what caused everything to happen in the first place can't you see that and it's gonna send us back to the stone age (laughs) i love that i was very surprised to find out that he died he did he had a great performance up until that point i was shocked (laughs) it almost to me like it felt less like like psycho where it was like plot twist and more like oh no um, like Brian Cranston had an obligation somewhere else, and we had to write him out of the movie. <laughs> like he was just like my son, and he's just die. like every, and then they just zip him up. Yeah, um, he just fades. Like yeah, I don't know. You know, normally I, I see if you can. This is for everyone. Um, normally, when a character has something terrible happen to them. And then you see them on a stretcher or in an ambulance or in a hospital or whatever. They're safe. They're fine. Like the character would have just died right there in the crazy set piece if they yeah. were going to die. You know, you don't yeah. you don't take them back to the hospital for them to just <laughs> die in a hospital. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't normally happen. Or yeah. to die on a stretcher in a, in a freaking helicopter. Like that. <laughs> If you just next time someone someone gets like hurt in a movie or whatever and they don't die, see if they die the rest of the movie. And that's the answer is no. That's like very probably I'm sure we have some contrarians that will would love to say that. Oh, no. What about this movie? But like I think feel like most of the time. But yeah, this new movie uh, has Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins in it, which is really cool. Um and they're continuing the monarch thing. There is another movie that I would suggest that we watch. Uh, but I honestly, I mean, it's just not that good. Like, I feel like you're eventually going to need to see it though. And that's King Kong or Kong Skull Island. I absolutely assuming that this second one is, is good and it meets expectations. Um, I do. I would. I did want to watch the, yeah. the King Kong movie before. So all I'll say out. is, is that King Kong Skull Island pulled a Marvel, and it has one of those end credit scenes that like vaguely ties it into this movie, but like not in a way that you need to like rush and go see it. Like, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to point out that my favorite scene in the entire movie is just basically a shot, and is when at the end when they are falling from. Yep. the plane and they all have those red streaks and it just shows you from like almost every angle possible these all these red guys like paratrooping in 
and With trails of red. Yeah, yeah, and it's just I mean, every single shot is just yep. stunning. And I'm just like, <gasps> and like <gasps> and I'm such a sucker for a good soundtrack. And this one had a great soundtrack. Yeah. And and just the sound design in general, I just can't say enough good things about it. It just yeah. worked on every level. They sounded like mechanical, which makes sense because it's all about like radiation. Like that's what they feed on. The and creatures, just, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're oh, noises. Yes. That like was Oscar worthy. Spectacular. So good. So so good. Even with the rest of of the sounds, there was like clicks and stuff at the right moment. And that scene where they were falling down with the red trails was you can probably hear their one breath. of the best scored yeah. parts of the movie. And it was it was cool because you there were times and I was like, oh, is this like a part of the soundtrack? Or is this the noises that these monsters are making? Yeah. And it just all works so beautifully. It was uh there were some things that I'm a little iffy about, like uh, the whole restore balance things and the the origins of the monsters and the whole trajectory of all the bombs. It seems like they had they were like they lost and had to go track down bombs at like different times and there were different plans that I was confused about. So I definitely do want to watch this again and I'm very eager to do that. Well, that is one good thing about renting things off YouTube that you have, you know, time to watch it. I mean, I have limited time, but yes, I can, I can rewatch it. I mean, it's not like one of those, like, uh, you can only watch it once things. Yeah, I'm gonna go through and and find the screen grab that I want to use for the, for the Instagram because I was looking yesterday. Uh, I was like, well, I, I definitely need to find a screen grab for this, and I could not find yeah, anything. You, you seem to have this peculiarity. Particularity. It's not, oh my god! It is you. You're gonna embarrass yourself in front of all these people. Why? Y'all see what I do. It's every every single one of these little icons is two people or two things, and it's a two shot. And because it's two of us, I get that. But like, I feel like we're gonna eventually run into a movie where there's really only one important character. Which or maybe movie? there's four important characters that you have which to pick. Movie? What? No, which movie? I just picked my two favorites. I don't know. I don't know. I my suggestion is you pick Godzilla and when he's fighting one of the monsters. I think that's really the only way to go yeah i know i know what i'm doing okay Uh, just a suggestion how many movies do you know with one character in them i don't i just think that i don't know to stick to a pattern like that so strictly there has to be an outlier somewhere like it's gonna catch you at some point it's gonna catch up to me the law will eventually find (laughs) you nick god it will get you it looks amazing on our instagram page that i'm very proud of No, I uh, think yeah. it's I think it's cool and even though if you're an asshole and don't appreciate it, well, it's, I think uh, all the people out there do appreciate the visual aesthetic. That's a great segue. Y'all should follow us. Take 3 AMP on Instagram. On an Instagram. Yes, and and comment how amazing it is that they all have two <laughs> different characters from the movie in them. And cuz it's two of us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing. I will stay here. I will record all day until (laughs) you admit this. It's great. I think it's wonderful. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Good deal. I'm satisfied. Take three. This episode is all about nature affecting us. Because not only is Godzilla like nature's way of fighting back against man, but earlier in the episode you were plagued by allergies, and now I am literally a lobster because I went out yesterday 
without sunscreen and I thought it was cloudy. I thought we were fine. And then I got out there and we were out on the beach and oh my God, I am like, it's, it's just my arms and face, you know, cause I was like wearing clothes, but, uh, yeah, there's a very distinct tan line or sunburn line, I guess on his arm. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> He's so red, but also so pale. <laughs> Thank you. It's my aesthetic. So red and so pale. It's not like but so painful, but it's more funny to look at. Just it, it look very strange right now. <laughs> but yeah, Godzilla. Um, Indeed, good times. I, you know, we we had talked an hour or two ago. Now I'm thinking about it. You had said like, "Oh, I'm struggling to find stuff." And what I was realizing was that, oh, I, I think I have too much stuff. I need to whittle it down because, you know, this is a, what, like 65-year-old character. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about, but I, I don't necessarily want to get into all of it because it is a whole, whole lot. And there's a lot of actually like really bad stuff that's come out of this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> you literally texted me. Um, what did you say? You were so sassy about it. You're no. like, he's literally an icon. And I was, I was like, like why are you struggling for this? He's on everything. He has, a, he has a, like a basketball, what is it, like a Nike commercial or something with yeah. Charles Barkley. Like he, this guy has been around since way before we were since way before our parents were there should be stuff but then when i was looking i'm like okay yeah you're right this is yeah this is hard to do as well but i think it was just because there's more than what i think i could even start to research i feel like i would be spending days and days and days and days researching this it's okay i'll accept your apology in writing um, I, what I found was that a lot of the videos and articles and stuff were pretty much the same and it went into the history of Godzilla. Yeah. And I knew that wasn't the focus, but I mean, I, I think this one movie is such a small percentage of the franchise as a whole, like from the very beginning that I think it's hard to find stuff on this movie specifically without having to branch out. Inevitably, so yeah. I mean, the whole reason we're doing this movie is because of its sequel. So I mean, yeah, (laughs) I I can understand that. There, Godzilla as a character functions on a bunch of different levels over time. So and it's understandable. It's not. That's not to say that it's not interesting. Like I, I feel like we're going to go into some points that are really fascinating. Like his his history and uh, how he came to be who he is today is kind of actually really fascinating. What made him the giant lizard he is today. Indeed. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Come on this journey with us. <laughs> yep. You made this big deal like you needed to go first. Go. This was not that big of a deal. I just thought, okay. Okay, well, you made a you made a normal-sized deal. I did. That you needed to go first. So go. That's two, that's two apologies for you. So... Obviously, Godzilla started as a political statement back in the 50s. 1954. Yes. yes. Uh, when the first nuclear bomb tests and uh, not tests were happening. I'll let you bounce off this. It's nine, <laughs> years, nine years after the World War II Hiroshima yes. and Nagasaki bombings. So in Japan, you know, they were dealing with the aftermath of like – the 
biggest destructive force that had ever fallen upon them or really anybody else. There had been other kaiju films released before this movie. Kaiju meaning like monster. It's like a... You know, at the very top of my freaking word document that I have my notes written down, it says kaiju equals strange beast in Japanese. And it's the first thing I should have said, but I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. but now everyone knows what so kaiju it, is. It, it, it means strange beast, but it wound up being a very popular Japanese film genre. Uh, and it's actually become more popular over here now, you know, with movies like Pacific Rim and... I recently learned that kaiju doesn't have to mean like big lizard. Like it can just be any supersized creature, uh, tarantula, what have you. By the end of this, I, one of my last points is talking a little bit about, um, the sequel that we're about to go when, when you guys, well, okay. If you, if you listen to this on the day it comes out tonight, we will be watching the sequel and it features a lot of other kaiju that also had movies released around this time. Um, but that's that's an, uh, a bit. But there had been other kaiju movies before Godzilla, like the American movie King Kong that came out in 1933. Uh, Godzilla, however, was created by Toho, the Japanese film theater and distribution company, not only to capitalize on the rising kaiju film genre, but also on an anti-war message. Godzilla was like essentially a representation of nature's reacting to man's use of destructive and nuclear force. And while he is now a CGI spectacle so many years later, he did not start that way. He started as a man in a 220-pound rubber mesh suit. I read somewhere that that suit couldn't be worn for more than three minutes without the actor like passing out yeah. because it was just so hot and heavy. Exactly. And like the intent originally was going to be to make this, this first movie um, stop motion. Like his scene, like Godzilla would be a stop motion character. It was winding up being uh, one of, if not the most expensive movie they'd ever done at that point. I know uh, they said that early designs of Godzilla had him sort of represented as, as a mushroom cloud. Like the the shape and design of of this lizard was sort of like a yeah a mushroom. I mean, cloud. It, which which harkens back to the fact that this was very much in the beginning, like a a grim political statement. You know, yeah, no, totally. Which I get because uh, again, you know, trying to rebuild and and get your nation back together after like this horrible thing had happened. Um, sure. It's nine years later, but st- you know, it's still, you still feel effects of that, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean like nine 11 still feels fresh. Yeah. It's yeah. What, almost two decades later. It's yeah. crazy. Like there are people, I saw something, I think we had talked about this, but I saw something that reminded me like this year's, graduating seniors from high school weren't alive at 9-11. Like, they don't oh, remember stop, that. Stop, 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 stop. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think how old Which I just am. means we're old. Um, <laughs> the movie actually wound up getting an American release two years later, and guess what it was called? You probably know, because if you did research as well, but do you know what, do you know what the answer to this question is? I thought it was Godzilla. Nope. When was it? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Isn't that the title of the new movie coming out? Yeah. Yeah, this one had an exclamation point, but it's a direct callback to the, really the first Godzilla movie that, you know, when it got released over here. 
uh, it was dubbed in English and had storylines cut and shoved in with like recognizable American actors. Right. That's that's also what I read, and I want to talk about this. So it was readapted in America. Yeah. Uh, it was not dubbed properly, from what I understood or from what I researched. You know, it's hard to dub. You know, it's it's hard to really properly dub. Uh, well, not, live action actors, you know, I should say dubbed and subbed. Like there was not a lot of like a lot of the emotion and the heaviness that was in the first movie being or like in the Japanese version being that this was a response to recovering from this really catastrophic event. Yeah. Was suddenly sort of tarnished in this U.S. version. And I know a lot of like the, the war propaganda was taken out, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Like if you're – it makes perfect sense. The anti-war propaganda, yeah. It, well, you're right, right, right. Because, I mean, we were the people that did that to them. Like America exactly. is – yeah. Exactly. America so it Bond. feels like – it feels so t- twisted to me. It feels so wrong that it just – it seems weird. It seemed like it was like, oh, we're going to steal this really awesome piece of art and we're just going to bastardize it and call it our own um, and like take away a lot of that – I don't know, I don't want to say history, but maybe even like culture or reaction to something so raw and devastating. It seems wrong. Yeah, well, I me. mean, I think it just boils down to they paid money. They wanted to be able to have it make money over here. And I'm sure they paid Toho money. You know, people at that point in time were not going to want to see a movie about, you know, a reaction to a bombing that we did. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. – I mean, it was World War II, uh, or at least the, the 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 fallout after World War II. So um, it was a very different time. Sure, now we can see it and be like, oh, that that was kind of screwed up in one way or another. But it's all about that almighty dollar at the end of the day. And I, they actually served a it was it was actually pretty successful over here, which mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people chalk up to the fact that they did make those changes and made it palatable for a Western audience. I just, I think I just wanted to feel not so alone, like, because I'm very fresh to this, this franchise. And I don't know, it just seemed wrong to me. And it seemed very just wrong. Um, (laughs) But well, okay, a lot of times, I mean, there, like, it still even happens today, movies changed and altered around. That was my next kind of discussion topic was like, does, because I know, movies that were made here get distributed all over the world and I'm sure get translated and dubbed and stuff like that. But like how often are, do you know of cases where they're changed that sort of changed so much that the plot is different? Like, like say in China, I remember reading that I know it was mocking Jay, which is the third hunger games movie, but it might've been actually mocking Jay part two as well which makes sense, didn't get a Chinese release because it was basically a, uh, what's the word, like a revolt movie. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, so like if it kind of flies in directly in the face of what your country stands for, then it might be an issue. There have been movies where we've made, where we've crafted like scenes and characters specifically to play overseas. Like they're right. In, right. In, I think in, Iron Man 3, there's characters that there's only to play in Asia. Yeah. We never saw those characters. A lot of animated movies do this too. I know Inside Out, um, it, when the main character Riley was little, she had a plate of broccoli, but broccoli wasn't as big of a common vegetable. So that was changed. I know Zootopia had news anchors that were different animals based on 
uh, different countries that yeah, they're being yeah, shown yeah. in. So, so yeah, that's that's really really cool. It's maybe not as egregious all the time in this particular movie. Obviously, that came out decades and decades and decades ago. I think it changed for a, a decent reason. Maybe now we can look back and again think that it was problematic, but. I think it comes with the territory that not all cultures are alike. No, I get you, that. You're making movies on a global scale, you know. Mm-hmm. From what I saw from the evolution of these movies, it seemed like the trajectory was it was sort of like this historical significance, and then it just got campier and campier. And yeah, campier and campier. there are different eras of Godzilla, and the first era definitely got campier and campier, and. I can't pronounce these words. There's, uh, they're named after like the emperors. The, the eras were named after the emperors that were ruling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess that's not as important as the fact that yes, it did get silly, then a little bit more serious when when they took some time off and and kind of acknowledged that it had had gone very silly, and then it just wound up more and more silly. <laughs> right. To be honest with you. Even though movies hadn't necessarily been uh, created here, it was super popular here. And there were a bunch of attempts to have us produce a film. And the first one that actually stuck is the 1998 Roland Emmerich movie, Godzilla. We talked about that earlier in the episode, how it's a piece of garbage. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Uh, I saw clips from it <laughs> through my research, and it was... Like comically bad. Yeah. Like, it, like is this is this someone that had um, Matthew Broderick? Yeah, and and like some weird voice actors or something in it. Yeah. So know. it has it actually has like several um, several actors from The Simpsons. Yeah. And Godzilla looks like a Jurassic Park dinosaur. Like they completely changed his image from what he was originally. And it it bombed. It's not good. It's not really funny. It's really bad CGI. To the point where there is a Toho movie that came out after this called Godzilla Final Wars, wherein they talk about the fact that there was this creature who they thought was Godzilla and it wasn't Godzilla. And they have that design. They have the Godzilla from Roland Emmerich's movie come up and the real Godzilla, their Godzilla, kills him. So it like... Toho kind of like threw shade at this movie and was like, no, that's not the real Godzilla. Kills Godzilla, you mean? Yeah. That's funny. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's like awesome. kills the imposter Godzilla. Yeah. Basically, in it, you know, in in their timeline, in the Japanese movies, they're like, okay, that movie didn't that wasn't a real Godzilla. <laughs> that was fake. Right. Yeah. But as that's... the years progressed, the character obviously went through many stages. But Somehow we ended up here, and I feel like I really shouldn't like this movie. I mean, this movie was marketed as a Godzilla versus Brian Cranston story, which got a lot of people hyped. I mean, Breaking Bad had just ended the past September, and the trailers featured the actor heavily, and that's obviously not even close to the movie we received. Cranston dies like 45 minutes into the movie before Godzilla even shows up. The human storylines fall to a much less vibrant or interesting group of characters. And uh, Godzilla has about 10 minutes of screen time. And the villains of the film end up being characters that we don't even recognize, creatures that were created for this movie. But all of that said, aside from the human parts that 
you know, I really don't even mind because I love the two main actors, Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson. This knocked it out of the park for me. I appreciate that this entry actually took its time setting up the universe before it gave us these monster battles. Like, I think it was a bold choice to save the real Godzilla action for the very end. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that we had talked about how incredible the sound design was. Yes. The first time I saw this film, I left being amazed at the visuals. But this time, thanks to you, I really paid attention to the sound. And it just blows me away. The sound, both the soundtrack, which I I always, always never, I never know how to pronounce this composer's name, but it's Alexandra Desplat. Desplat? Alexander yeah. Desplat. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's how I would have said it for sure. Did such a great job. Yeah. Uh, and the sound, I've, I've said this probably a million times in this episode already, but like the sound effects and the sound engineering in this movie, I think are Oscar worthy. They, they conveyed this sort of organic yet mechanical kind of feel to these monsters, which makes sense because they're literally radiation monsters. Yeah. Like they're, and it just, it's, it just, they fit so well and so beautifully. I so and, agree. And I'm obsessed with the soundtrack. I've been listening to it separately from the movie and it, I'm just, I'm so in love. I, they did such a great job with, with the, with the sound engineering. Yeah. The two guys uh, responsible for this, their names were Ethan Vanderin and Eric Adale, A-A-D-A-H-L. Uh, great job, guys. Great yeah, job. Yeah. They, they designed the sound for the film and it just, they absolutely killed it. Like apparently the first Godzilla roar that's so iconic was actually created by taking a leather glove, coating it in pine resin and dragging it down the strings of a double bass. That's so cool. I can hear that. Like yeah. I, I know. Oh, that's, that's so cool. But these guys wouldn't even reveal how they created this one. I know that they had talked about a, a bunch of the different Foley techniques they had gone through to try to obtain something like that. They wanted to, because because that is so iconic, because everyone knows that original sound, they wanted to honor that, but obviously make it bigger. Um, they used Dolby Atmos sound, which is like a, a, a lot of theaters are outfitted for it now. Mm-hmm. They were able to make it feel very much like that original, but it's so loud and it's so like overwhelming that it literally just feels like there is a creature roaring in your face. Like you, yeah. I mean, you were just listening to it through our crappy headphones. You know what I mean? But like you, it's still, it's like overwhelming when he yells, I'm so excited to hear it again on the big screen. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And like I said, again, they won't even reveal how they created this one for fear that people will only envision that process when they hear it instead of just thinking of Godzilla. Sons of bitches. You know what I mean? I think that's really actually kind of cool. We need to do a quick take on Foley. I think that is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to, to de- definitely do some research for it, but I would love that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Agreed. Um, but after six months of perfecting this sound, apparently when they tested it, they used speakers from the Rolling Stone tour on the Warner Brothers lot. And it was so loud that people in the surrounding like three mile radius could hear it. <laughs> And some people like were like calling in, worried that something terrible was happening. There's like people were tweeting about it. Like apparently it was like a big deal. It could be heard from so far. <laughs> I mean, you think about like a sound like that. I would I would think that Godzilla had showed up. Like, yeah, it'd be terrified. I'd start panicking. Uh, I also want to talk a bit about Godzilla's design in this movie. 
first of all, uh, Thomas Tull, who's the producer on this film, and he's a really uh, – he was a big wig at over at Legendary. And for some reason, I – did he die? I feel like he died. <laughs> I feel like I heard that this guy died. No, like don't laugh. He's dead. It's the way that you said that. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't die. Okay, good. Yeah, he's not. Wrong dead. person. Who the fuck do I think died? Who died? Well, okay, Thomas Toll is alive and well. Sorry, Thomas Toll. Okay, uh, first off, Thomas Toll, who is the producer of this film, was very adamant that after the 1998 Roland Emmerich film, wherein the character is virtually unrecognizable, you know, that this film's Godzilla needed to look like Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, Gareth Edwards, who's the film's director, said that he wanted their Godzilla to feel like the real-life creature that the filmmakers at Toho had seen back in the 50s and tried to emulate on film in the first Godzilla movies. So, like, the filmmaker who made the first Godzilla went out and saw this creature and was like, oh, I'm going to base it off of that. That's what he wanted (laughs) their Godzilla to feel like. And I I can totally see that. I mean, I feel like this is the most realistic-looking Godzilla. There is... There is no other Godzilla iteration. I mean, there's been all these movies. There is nothing that looks as realistic as this one. I mean, I mean, they're only going to get better from here. Yeah. I mean, hopefully at least. But yeah, I just I like obviously because of CGI and and the different the different advancements that have been made. This particular design they referenced for his face, which I thought was really cool. It's so it actually makes so much sense. Um, they referenced bears, eagles, and dogs when they were designing his face mm-hmm. um, and, like, the upper part of his body because he's he he has more of, like, a broad head and back. Like, they almost – it's almost not like he doesn't really have, like, a, a neck mm-hmm. um, or it's a very wide neck versus the other ones where he really did just seem like a – like a stand uh, – like a – A costume. Like a costume. Like someone is – With like, anatomy. Yeah. 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 Um, which makes him feel obviously more animal-like mm-hmm. and not just more lizard-like. Again, I feel like to me what what resonated most off of, of, of these three uh, was the bear. I think he really does have that yeah. stance. Um, I feel like I said that during – the watch of this movie, I was like, he's like kind of adorable. Like he has yeah. these like chunky little like claws and this like big snout. He he's kind of an adorable monster. Yeah, and that makes sense that he's based on like bears and dogs and stuff. That's cool. I don't think it was unintentional that he's not like grotesque and I mean, sure yeah. he's he's still a giant monster and is scary, but like the fact he is he is. Uh, attractive enough to where we could be like, okay, that's our hero now. We can sympathize with because, him Because, again, I mean, it, it seems um, it seems a little bit antiquated now to have this kind of surprise, but because we've already seen the movie and the movie's five years old, but at that time, they were not marketing him as the hero of this movie. Mm. We thought that Godzilla was the threat, you know? Um, this is the second movie in a row that we've done where the trailer is the pitfall of the movie. Maybe not. I don't think this movie was a a failure, but that's a great point. 
I don't think The Village is a failure either, but I, I can definitely say it's good movies um, that were trying to do one thing with their trailer and should have done something very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I, I'm not saying that The Village is a failure either. I guess I just mean that like the reception was much stronger with The Village than I think was with this one. But then again, I wasn't really paying attention when this one came out. So I don't know. I, I don't know. But still. Yeah. When you have a movie that's subverting expectations in one way or another, you're going to get people who are like, this isn't what I was promised, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is okay because at the end of the day, like, I really liked this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I have a little bit more about his design. and it, Go for it, go for it. This Godzilla is actually the tallest version of Godzilla to date. He stands at 355 feet tall. And this is notable because in the Kong Skull Island movie in this universe, they had to drastically increase King Kong's normal size in order for them to understandably be able to fight, <laughs> fight. in the next in next year's Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Because think about this. Okay. Godzilla the you know, this Godzilla is Taller than buildings, right? Mm-hmm. And in the most notable, like the King Kongs that you remember, what is the most famous thing that King Kong does? He climbs up the Empire State Building. Oh, well, right. Yeah, yeah. And Godzilla is taller than the Empire State Building. Or maybe not, but like taller than buildings. You know what I mean? I don't know how tall the Empire State Building is. But um, for reference, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong in 2005, uh, which is a lot of people's first King Kongs, with Jack Black, Naomi yes, Watts. Yes, Naomi Watts. Yes, that is, that, is that one. Yeah. Great movie. Needs to shave the first hour of it off. Agreed. Uh, uh, they're, they're on a boat for an hour. He's 25 feet tall. <laughs> so right? tiny. And, <laughs> He's little. Yeah. And the King Kong from Kong Skull Island is about 104 feet tall. Is he going to be even bigger then in this mashup movie? See, he here's has, the he thing, though. He would have to be bigger. Right. And I remember going in and being like, okay, so you guys are going to give us a 300 foot tall or, you know, a ginormous King Kong. They don't. That movie takes place in the 70s. King Kong, again, is about 104 feet tall. So supposedly, I guess, I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know. (laughs) 40 years later. Exactly. He has grown 250 more feet. I don't know, maybe, you know, if he grows a little bit more, he can maybe climb on to Godzilla and, like, bite him or something, but I I don't know what he's going to do. That just seems silly to me. Is there any... So clearly this Godzilla movie that we just watched has at least some kind of a backstory as to where they came from. I haven't seen the Kong movie. Is like, is there any explanation about where he like his the origins of King Kong? Uh, not that I remember. I do remember them kind of making a point to say that he's like the only ape on the island. But I don't necessarily remember like how. It probably does have something to do again with radiation and and grow like that kind of growth there are tons of other creatures on this island in in that movie mm. again it's not a great movie I, I will watch it again before the godzilla versus kong movie but of course of course you know i i wasn't a huge fan of it i was i was kind of led down not by kong but like by everybody else um <laughs> but it what one thing that i do remember them saying though was the fact that he is still growing he he was relatively young i see so that he you know, there is a possibility that he will grow to be able to take on Godzilla. I would hope. 
I would hope so. To me, Godzilla King of the Monsters is a bigger showdown. You know what I mean? Like it's Godzilla versus a monkey versus or or Godzilla versus like all, all the other these monsters. amazing creatures yes. that you know we know and love. I've been thinking about that a lot because I've been rewatching this trailer for the second one because I just love it so much. And it's like, God, well, where do we go from here? Like what? Yeah. This has to end in some way that leads us to an even more epic third movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that like every movie has to be, and then this is actually like some people probably disagree with this. I don't necessarily think that every movie has to get bigger and bigger and bigger, but it just feels like, this uh, Godzilla versus King Kong cannot be as epic as what we're about to watch. You know, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, they better do it right because yeah. you can't end a trilogy on a lower note that it started with. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think it'll probably wind up being like most versus movies, like in Batman versus Superman. You know, sure they throw down, but you want they wind up having to band together and kick something else's ass you know yeah so whatever the other thing that they have to fight i don't know i don't know what's left i don't know who makes makes it out of this movie that we're you know king of (laughs) monsters alive but uh yeah we'll see i think i'm still a little bit just sour about this idea of taking this sort of heartfelt movie and then just turning it into this really crappy campy cheesy franchise yeah. It still seems very wrong to me, and that kind of stuck with me throughout my research. And I'm going to try and go through some of the negatives before I go into the positives, because I do I did really enjoy this movie, and I want to end it on a high note. But uh, there, this was not a perfect movie. I think you would agree. But you, I just want to clarify that the crappy, campy, cheesy – that's not what you're – you're not referring to this particular movie. You're referring to the, the heap of – Toho the, movies and the Roland Emmerich movie that we got before this. That the life shit, the life of Godzilla from start to now, is what sort of what I'm referencing. I don't feel that this movie is is. I feel like this movie actually is one of the first ones to take the subject matter seriously okay. again. Okay, okay, then from its start to right before this movie, okay, <laughs> is, okay, I guess what I meant to say. Cool, cool, cool. Um, as long as we're on the same page. Well, actually. Well, I mean, go. Let me don't let me interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I just because my next point is about this movie. I just think um, one of the problems that I was kind of one of the things that was in the back of my head when I was watching this movie is it was very white American centric. It's told from the perspective of an American family, an American military, and not a lot of it happens in America. Am I correct? Well, you know, I feel like the first act happens in Japan, the second act in Hawaii, and I think the third act maybe like in like on the back- mainland of like California. Was it in like Chinatown in California? Elizabeth Olsen was there, so it had to be in America. Okay. Again, I just it seemed like it was sort of I don't think appropriation is the right word, but um in order to do it justice and maybe bring it back to that sort of heartfelt beginning, I feel like that it was missing a lot of 
Japanese representation. I, I can um, understand what you're saying. I know that a lot of movies sometimes do that. Like it's not necessarily it's a it's a an Americanization of the story and then trying to tell like a a global story but setting it here uh, can feel a lot like you're just whitewashing stories that have come before it. So I understand your point. Yeah. It kind of did feel like that. And I, I guess like would it have killed them to hire more Japanese actors, especially Ford, because I can't, could not stand his character. He was so <laughs> well, he was landed to Brian Cranston. So, although may, he could have been, he could have married like, well, see, okay, he could have, uh, Brian Cranston could have married a Asian right. actress and then had, and had like a half, yeah. but then I was thinking she dies within spoiler alert you should have well, seen this movie yeah, before yeah, we already this episode. she yeah. dies within the first like 10 minutes so i feel like people would have been upset with that like the only japanese character dies i don't know but i just she wouldn't because or she wouldn't have been the only japanese character because we could have got aaron taylor johnson would have then been another actor you know that's I mean? true i mean yeah yeah but uh i mean i think that their attempt was like putting ken watanabe in the film and having some of it set in Japan. But I totally understand the idea of, like, this could have been something that did focus more on certain aspects of Japan. Yeah, I think it's Yeah, I think the fact that it doesn't represent its roots as well, that I think that just kind of bothers me. However, I still really like this movie. Um, another couple of negatives, I feel like... Um, Wait, can I say one thing, though? Really yeah, yeah, quick. yeah. I think that this new movie... Just judging from like the different places that the monsters emerge, yeah, to me is probably going to feel more like a global story versus like an American story. Sure, it's a Japanese character, and the movie was created in Hollywood, but I think it will feel more global. Right, right, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah, a negative in the film. I feel like the whole personal stories in the beginning, as well as the military efforts to try and stop. Godzilla and the Muto Muto were sort of obsolete because I feel like they would have fought regardless of any human beings or buildings in their way, provided, of course, they had some kind of radiation to reactivate them. But they didn't care about the humans. The humans didn't really they didn't get in their way. They, they were going to fight regardless. Yeah. Even like the human interference actually sort of made things worse. It kind of gave these monsters food uh, they because they kept attempting to transport these bombs and and they kept attacking people to get this you know nutrition that they need or food that they need. Um, the EMPs killed tons of pilots and people and the military clogging up the bridge and not letting civilians pass and like I think it was sort of a negative, but I kind of wrapped it around to a positive because now I kind of finally understand what it meant when they kept trying to show us this restoring balance theme. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, which I kind of really appreciated. Yeah, I don't necessarily see that as a negative. It felt more like another representation of the fact that like their efforts, our efforts to kind of save us were actually making things worse. And that could be a comment on this franchise's roots where interference, like military interference and, and bombs and things like that are bad. They, they result negatively like the human interference does amount to them uh like ford does wind up destroying all of those muto eggs which is good because we uh, that's screwed. true um yeah, if yeah yeah they hatched 
So that is, that is one Forgot good thing. That. That's like a little hero moment for the humans. But yeah, I mean, you got to have actors in your movie. There's, I mean, it's just, you just can't have two, you know, or three uh, characters that are creatures and, and don't speak the whole time. you got to have like a storyline. And I feel like this movie made the best attempt it could uh, to have characters that you cared about, even though it didn't necessarily wind up working. Like, I feel like they were trying to get us to care about this family of people. Yeah. Um, I, I think where this stemmed from was the fact that we really never got a concrete answer of whether or not this huge nuclear bomb that they were going to use to kill them was actually going to work. I know there was a ton of back and forth, like, um, like this is obviously their food. Like we've tried this before and it didn't work. And they're like, well, this one's much stronger. So we'll see. And I feel like if there was at least some human interaction with these monsters, I think it would have felt more, it felt like water and oil. Like they just didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't blend very well. They just seemed kind of separate from each other the whole time, except for that one little five minute bit where he blew up the eggs. Um, yeah, there is something that, will get brought up in a bit when we start talking about listener comments that makes me believe that there's a possibility that it will not feel as separate in the uh the sequel which really that's all we can hope for is a better sequel i mean we i liked this movie but i really am just hoping that the movie we see tonight will be better and that we'll get more of these movies because it'll be successful and well received and fun and exciting and all that's all i want is just uh, these these movies in this franchise to be uh, respected here. I, I totally yeah I totally agree. And there are like there are a few quotes that I found in my research that I kind of fell in love with. I think a lot of the super fans, these kind of like I don't want to call them nerds, but like really aggressive defenders. Uh, the people who followed every single movie all the way through and um, then saw this movie and were like, well, what the hell was that? I don't, I hate this. Like we only saw the monster for 10 minutes. This was not a Godzilla movie. And yeah. um, for people like me who didn't follow the franchise all the way through, this was a decent movie. Like this was, I think a lot of people are upset that there was not a lot of uh, like, I think you mentioned in take one about how this was sort of like a jaws movie where he's not really seen that often. Yeah. It was a very slow build, but it was like, it was worth it. It was a, it was a very uh, impactful moment when they're finally fighting each yeah. other in the very end. Like it was, we got we we trudged through so much shit to finally get to, not shit, but like a, a, a lot of work was put into building this big um, climax of the yeah. movie. And I thought it, it worked well. And <laughs> there are two quotes uh, that. I found in my research one uh, Reddit user said, fuck this high horse riding snob and his hardcore fandom wank. I came to watch Godzilla fight monsters. I got Godzilla fighting monsters. What else was he going to do? Destroy Tokyo for the first time again, again. (laughs) I was like, well, yeah, like that's perfect. I think it was a great, like, I don't know. It was a great movie. And then there's a, an article on the website film inquiry, which I'll also link, um, And it said it has to be said that nature being a badass in the shape of a giant monster fighting, crushing cities and people who are totally helpless is just delicious 
misanthropic fun. <laughs> I like, could not agree more. It's just, it was just a fun movie. And to quote Ken Watanabe, like my favorite quote in this movie, the arrogance of man is thinking nature is in their control and not the other way around. I think that sums up everything beautifully. It just, it just wraps up this whole movie in a beautiful bow. With that said, you want to move into our listener feedback that we got from this episode? Yes, please. Let's do it. I do definitely want to bring up a couple people who had submitted some stuff. When I made the call and I said, hey, we're going to do Godzilla, I also noted, I said, please mark your spoilers because Jordan hasn't seen the movie yet. <laughs> I didn't want someone to be like, I fucking hated that Brian Cranston died so early. You know what I mean? That was my big worry, right? It's funny that you think that I uh, check our Facebook page. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. My jaw just dropped, ladies <laughs> I know, and gentlemen. I'm just kidding. Well, it's weird because I don't get notifications. So I'll like find a thread on my timeline and then I'll see that there's like nine comments. I'm like, oh, that would have been nice to be notified. So I'll have to do better at checking it. But go ahead because I don't think I've <laughs> I don't think I've heard what you're about to say. So one of our listeners named Jake, he said, spoiler, I like that Godzilla is in it and that he is a giant lizard. Uh, but he, <laughs> he's... I didn't know that. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Glad I didn't read that before I watched the movie. <laughs> but for real, though, he said, spoiler, uh, I was presently surprised when I realized that Godzilla was the hero of the movie rather than the villain, mm-hmm. which is often the case with the kaiju movies. And I, I said that I fully agree. Are you excited for the sequel? And he's like, I totally am. I loved the old Toho movies as a kid. I was so excited for the 1998 version, and then I watched it. Frowny face. Uh, (laughs) When this one came out, I was cautiously optimistic. Not only did Godzilla look like Godzilla, but the film seemed to be a serious big-budget kaiju movie like Pacific Rim, except without the giant robots. Which Have you seen Pacific Rim? No, but I think I vaguely know the premise. It's giant fighting robots, right? It's It's like Godzilla versus... Fight, yeah, fighting robots. It's great. I love that movie. Oh, okay. Um, it's it really is. It's it's, it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. <gasps> My ears just perked up. I'm yeah, interested. That might be something we have to do. Uh, Maybe an episode of. I think you would like it a lot. But he said so. Now Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah all in the same movie is enough to make me squeal like a six year old schoolgirl getting a kitten <laughs> for Christmas. Oh. Totally agree. Obviously, there there is a degree of like them being iconic characters. I mean, Godzilla, obviously, but like I knew who these creatures were, even though I have never seen these movies. So, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. Awesome. Then a listener named Justin <laughs> responded. He he wrote he wrote me a lot. Uh, he's always been a very big Godzilla fan, and this is what he said: I think that this movie specifically did an incredible job of actually capturing what he looked like in every movie except the Roland Emmerich movie. Uh, that wasn't Godzilla. That was a dinosaur, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> I'm beyond excited for this new one because it has the titans of the Godzilla universe in King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra. Uh, King Ghidorah being literally the biggest rival of all time. No one is even close. He talks about this like so excitedly. I was like, I love your passion for this. Uh, He's like, okay, this is something actually really cool. He said, I'm betting Millie Bobby Brown developed some sort of telepathic connection with Mothra that allows her to speak through a human, like in the older films. And something I didn't know about Mothra was that she actually does have a psychic link with these two priestesses that live on the island that she protects in her movies. Um, they, they're they called the Shabajin or something like that. In Mothra's movies? 
yeah, the Mothra movies. I um, I remember seeing something. There's like these. They're like little tiny people. They're not like little people, but they're like literally like inch tall people. I've seen previews of the Mothra oh, movies. It's this you really know like. I saw a picture of them, but I don't know how big they are. They might be tiny. They're they're like really tiny people. Yeah, I think t- those little cute little Asian girls that sing songs to Mothra, and they're like, yeah, Mothra. yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, and I think it would be really amazing to see that thread carried through into the new film. I think that would be really, really cool. And that was what I was kind of talking about earlier is that that might actually really tie us to one of these characters because um, in the past, you know, they always have different different sides. But in the past, Mothra has actually been – kind of like a voice of reason to characters yeah. before. So she, you know, she, they might use her as a force for good. I don't know. I don't know. I do. certainly hope we don't get like a Daenerys dragon scenario where if she, okay, if Millie Bobby Brown rides Mothra, I'm going to be pissed. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be like that, but like maybe she'll be able to like communicate. Uh, yeah. At least and, tell her yeah. that like, Hey, this is what these guys, you know what I mean? Maybe give, give some information. This is what these guys are all doing or I don't know. Um, but we will see. Uh, and he says, aside from those three, I'm willing to bet. And they mentioned it in the preview that there were 17 total monsters. I'm honestly hoping we see a couple more like Angurius, A-N-G-U-I-R-U-S. And he's basically like a big spiky back turtle. And oh, he came. That would be cool. Yeah, he's actually the first monster that Godzilla ever fought, and he uh, in in the sequel to Godzilla, Godzilla raids again, um, and so actually, that would be really cool. He's a big turtle, so yeah, who doesn't like big turtles? Except when they're an it. Um, hush now, hush now. That's a different. That's a different episode. <laughs> He says, my only fear is that it doesn't get too cheesy. Like, Godzilla is our friend. Let's love him because he loves us. No, Godzilla is not our friend. He's literally flexing on everyone to show he's number one. That's it. <laughs> and I, at this point, I'm just, like, laughing my ass off. I I think I'm with him. I don't think I want – because he didn't care about the humans in this one. I agree. Like, I think it's going to be – okay, all of you guys are – encroaching on my territory you know what i mean like yeah don't uh don't come here trying to mess things up when i'm the king yeah and the most exciting part he says is i'm excited to see the monsters move like actually move their bodies instead of flopping around like a puppet or a person in the costume i'm with you justin yeah i'm i'm thrilled i'm so excited is it king Ghidorah that's the three-headed one Uh uh-huh it seems like they're making him out to be the big enemy, yeah. Like he's the alpha, and well, he's Godzilla's the main. The... Yeah, so Godzilla, Godzilla, and him are like they're like the main rivals. <laughs> if we've learned anything from these last two episodes, it's that trailers can be deceiving. So yeah, we will see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring Brian Cranston back to life. <laughs> Jeez, I hope not. Yeah, I just want to thank both Jake and Justin, and we cannot wait to talk to more people about more movies. So if you have any thoughts. Uh, on any of the movies that we are doing in the future, please send them to us. Um, And I just have one last little point, but if you wanted to say anything. Well, I too have one last little point. Go ahead. Did you catch Mothra in this movie? (laughs) Did I see Mothra? Yeah, Mothra was in this movie. Is Is in the 2014 one? Yeah. Really? So if you watch the movie again, 
um, and you go to the scene where they are, where Brian Cranston and his son are going to their house again, there's like a fish tank. There's like a, a like a fish tank or like an aquarium or some kind of terrarium or something, and there's a label on the bottom of it that kind of is torn off and there's a word on it that's cut off and it kind of blends in with, I guess the label that was on the fish tank or the brand of the fish tank. And it spells out Mothra. Which I thought was really cool. If I can figure out how to include an image in the description, I will do my best to place it, but you should pay attention to that next time you watch. It's just the word Mothra. Yeah. I'm so glad that I let you go first and that's not what we're ending the episode on. Hey, <laughs> be nice to me. That's three apologies I, that you owe I'm me. just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know I love you. I don't uh, love that fact, but I'm glad that you said it. What was your last brilliant, momentous point to conclude this episode? It was actually just a quick non-spoilery intro into Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah for people who maybe have no idea what we're talking about. Um, Mothra is like her name may hint at the giant moth that you've seen in the trailer. She is considered the queen of monsters and her first appearance was in the 1961 movie that was named after her. She's apparently like this moth goddess that guards this Island and she uh, can talk to those little two, two little girls. And and like literally all the articles that I was reading about her were like, we love Mothra. Like (laughs) Mothra is the best. I'm honestly um, most excited about her. She seemed like she was like the most beautiful yeah. in the trailer. Oh, like she the way she emerged. Yeah, it was awesome. I genuinely didn't even know she was a girl. Like I had no – oh, a woman. I apologize. I didn't <laughs> know she was a woman. <laughs> she going to um, get you for that. Yeah. Uh, Rodan got his first movie in 1956 uh, and he's basically a pteranodon that was mutated by radiation. He can fly and shoot fire beams out of his mouth and supposedly in this movie he comes out of a volcano. Um, and then King Ghidorah premiered in the movie King Ghidorah, the three headed monster. And he is a, he's a no armed winged two legged two tailed dragon with lightning and fire powers. So Godzilla is going to have his hands full. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds Um, badass though. Yeah. It sounds kind of like, okay. Let's let's literally throw everything at the wall. Let's give him this many heads and this many tails, and we need wings and lightning and fire and like, it's kind of like a lot. But we'll see. Godzilla we can't should. die. Like he's we we have a sequel for him right, coming up, right. so we'll see. I don't know what's gonna happen. We will do our best to let you know how we felt about this new sequel, whether that be in a quick take or just a post on on social media. We'll see how it all works out. But um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks. I'll uh, talk to you in a few seconds for the outro. Oh, is it your turn? It is my turn. It's my week. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, I hate doing the outro. Do you really? It's like a lot of pressure to like come up with something and then have it judged by you. Or you're like, Oh, this isn't good enough. By me. Yeah. Oh, I, I realize I do do that a lot. Yeah, you're like, this sucks. He always just sends me, it's like, do it over. <laughs> I'm a, a glutton for punishment, though, so I partially enjoy it, I guess. I'm a masochist. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, do your little intro. I'll try my best. 
Oh man, now I'm nervous. Uh, okay, uh, you can find more episodes like this by going to www.take3amp.com. You can send us your thoughts on Godzilla or any other movie for that matter at take3amp at gmail.com. And you can also find us on all major social media sites at take3amp. And those are all the number three. This episode was produced and edited by Jordan Sato and Nicholas Crawford. If you like this episode and want to continue to support the podcast, one of the best things that you can do is leave a rating and review on iTunes. Not only does that help us reach more listeners, but it lets us know how we're doing. We'd love to know how you feel about this podcast. And if you leave your favorite movie, we'll share it on an episode one day. Until next time, happy listening. I did it.